When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A fine Balls McWednesday to you and yours as we roll on on Twitter at Chat J Cameron Show. It is great to be with you as always. Tom is here, Director Matthew is here, and we are ready to go. Another day closer to the big game against Miami. You feel like it's an opportunity to, to uh, end Miami season kind of send them spiraling back into uh, inconsequential places in the football landscape, uh, which is uh, just to not matter officially. And you hope that that's done. Another day closer, another day to gauge where Florida State sits big picture as well as where they sit for Saturday's game. Big picture, the committee last night, Florida State, exactly the same. No change anywhere uh, within that Top eight, no changes whatsoever. Let everybody else worry about it. Florida State keeps winning; they're going to be in. We know that. Um, and so you you get to, you kind of uh, you know first you start there and you say, all right, what is it? What does it mean? What does it not mean? Should I be worried? Not worried? Well, the answer is no. You're good. You're good right now. And then from there, you bring it back close to home, and you say, how are we? Well, Johnny practiced yesterday. Continue to get reports that. Real good chance he plays Saturday. Feel good about Keon's chances of playing Saturday. Do you? Okay. Um, I mean, I do. I, I feel good about that possibility of, of that happening, yeah. Uh, and then I, I think you just continue to monitor health because if you're at full strength and you play well, you should beat this Miami team. It's not a Miami team that is without hope. It's not a Miami team that has zero chance. But it's not a Miami team that is as good as you. And you've got a lot to play for, and you are a more talented team. You've handled all of the moments where you had to be responsible, buttoned up, focused, and you've taken care of business. And another opportunity to do so in a game that will be filled with emotion and a lot of energy and a crowd that I think will be ravenous because I I think that, again, Florida State fans can taste it. 
you know, you know now you are getting really close. I mean, getting really close. And it's like you said, Tom, you and I were talking off the air. If you're 10-0, you're 11-0. North Alabama ain't beating you. So if you're 10-0, you're 11-0. And you realize this is the gateway to being one game away from really being in a position to punch the ticket. And you're already in the ACC championship game, so that ticket's been punched. But we're talking about the next one. Then you're starting to look at making plans. Is it New Orleans? Is it out in Pasadena? Are you waiting for Houston? Everybody's got to decide that for themselves. There's still a lot of dominoes to fall, a lot of big games to be played, a lot of maneuvering. But you winning football games is all that really matters at this point and getting healthy enough to win the biggest of football games, building towards that end. Yeah, well, there's that, which is the the on-the-field stuff. But then this is a critical two and a half weeks for the the off-the-field stuff, too, because of what you can do to your in-state rivals, because of the message that you can send to kids who are deciding between us and one of our in-state rivals. Or if it's a doomsday, some of this is out out of our control because we don't play them every week. But let's say Florida loses out. Well, they could very well lose out, yes. That was why that Arkansas game was critical. But let's say they do, and they go 5-7. and Are we sure that all those kids that decided on them during the season, maybe over us or in the summer, they might not be available in December? Maybe they want to take another look at Florida State after they see that Florida goes 5-7 and and their final game of the season was us going down to the swamp and laying waste to them. Ditto for this weekend. You know, if you win this game, you do what you're supposed to do, Miami is staring at 6-6, and 7-5 and right in the face. And you will be in position to be 12 or 13-0 and if you take care of business in this wonderful scenario that I'm painting. And it's not just about being in the final four of college football. It's also about claiming the state and maybe getting a couple of flips between now and signing day and late December. Absolutely huge because I'm constantly at this point, again, I talk about checking boxes and putting yourself in a position now to be a preeminent football program, not in the state, but in the country. But you got to own the state to do that. In our history, in the history of this state where great football is played and a bevy of elite athletes make up a lot of rosters around the country of the better football teams and on into the NFL, winning the war for those players in your own backyard has always been critical. And the teams that do it are the ones that are consistently elite. And we've seen the ebbs and flows of the moments in which you were up and down and how it could go the wrong way. And Florida and Miami are fighting now to keep their head above water while Florida State has ascended to the top of the state by a lot. Wasn't too long ago we were fighting to reach the surface ourselves. If Florida State loses to LSU, I mean, excuse me, if Florida loses to LSU, we've already beaten LSU soundly. If Florida loses to LSU, it would be their fourth consecutive loss in the month of November. That, by definition, means you are hanging on tenuously uh, to this recruiting class, one would think. At some point, they become rattled. They have another game after that against Missouri, who will be favored to beat Florida. And at the end of the year, they have us, and they will be underdogs in that game as well. At that point, Napier is, I mean, really staring at an ugly record against Power 5 opponents. He'd be 7-14. and 14. Uh, That's problematic. 7-14 and 14 against Power 5 opponents with what looks to be arguably the toughest schedule in the country facing them in 2024. So that record's not going to get a whole lot better. And those begin to mount. 
they've endured, Florida fans have, a decade and a half of very up and down to poor football. And at some point, it's going to matter beyond what you can wrangle as a new coach. What I mean is Napier will have a hard time getting it back because Georgia has surpassed Florida in a way that they could not have seen coming in that time to become the best program in college football. Their arch rival, Florida State Seminoles, have now surpassed them and are in the top four in the country and on the cusp of going to the college football playoff. You have a lot to overcome in your own division. Tennessee is now above you. So you're soon you get to where you're having to out-recruit Florida State, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama, and on we go. It gets to be very, very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, will be, it will be interesting. Uh, in the time that I just alluded to, Florida has watched as Florida State fell off a cliff and then rose back up and then fell off and surged again. So they, they've seen a lot in that time. Miami hasn't really been relevant in any, in any consistent way for over 20 years. And hence the ongoing joke about, you know, Miami, the U is back, and this is their year. And every year that turns out to not be true. And so we see this surge in recruiting for Miami anytime they make a change, anytime they bring in a new head coach. Well, that's true of every program that has any cachet. And to be sure, Miami has cachet. In the history of the sport, they have a lot of it. So when they make a change – Everybody wants to believe, and there's some buy-in initially to that change. But the second they are shown to be right back where they were before, unable to get traction, losing to their rivals, amassing four and five losses a season, not playing in the ACC championship game again, then that recruiting begins to fall off, and once again, they're left looking around, who's going to come save us? You can quickly usher in those periods and sow those seeds of doubt if you dominate Saturday. If you if you dominate on Saturday a year after beating them 45-3 to three, and you once again prove to these recruits who want to buy in to the new regime, hey man, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, you guys aren't it. It ain't happening. It's a bygone era that you're longing for and ain't ever coming back. You play in a stadium miles and miles and miles away from campus. You have no home field advantage to speak of. You have achieved nothing since joining this conference, and you've been greatly surpassed by 30, 40, maybe 50 programs that play college football, most notably your arch rival in the capital city. So why would you choose to go play there? Yeah, even after their worst downturn in more than 40 years, more than 40 years, they found their way back and you are still in the same place you were in 2005 and 2010 and 2015 and 2020 and probably 2025. Yeah, but- it's 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 a good time right now for Florida State to seize opportunity to grab a stranglehold on this state and to keep kids here. Clemson has four losses. They've been raiding the state. They've done a good job of recruiting in the southeastern footprint. And that helped turn their program around. Other programs were able to come into this state and steal players from the big three because everybody was down, including us. 
And so it got very frustrating when you watch Georgia do it, now Alabama do it, now LSU do it, and Clemson do it, and other schools come in and just take what they wanted from your own backyard, and you were kind of defenseless. But you're no longer defenseless. You're the program in the state that's moving into a position to put a fence around the state as best you can. Now, the days of you know the late 80s and early 90s of doing that have changed. But you certainly can have a huge leg up on the competition to get the creme de la creme of the state to stay here and come play for you. Yeah, well, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it's easy to see, not just when you have playmakers, but maybe when you don't. Maybe when you have guys that are a little bit above replacement level at the Power 5 level conferences. Mike Norvell's offense looks like it's a lot of fun to play in. Looks like it's going to make me some money to play in Mike Norvell's offense. Also looks like if I'm trying as a running back, for example, to keep some tread on the tire for my professional career, he spreads the ball around, gives the ball to a lot of different guys. Boy, it sure looks like I would do everything that I want to do in college if I come play for Mike Norvell. I'm going to succeed. He's going to push me and develop me, make me better. We're going to win football games. I'm going to make money. Yeah, and, and you know the battle's in secures uh, opportunities for players who say yes to Florida State. Oh, yeah, I was just talking about NFL, but sure. Yeah, I mean, think about that. You've got, even if your pro dreams don't work out, if maybe you're just a very good college player. I think about a guy like Maurice Smith who has a decision to make at the end of this year. That is not a guy that's going to go play pro football at the center position. He's just not, and he's a very good college player. There's a guy that where a player having the ability to make money off their name, image, and likeness, definitely is helped out in a way they never were before. This is the guy you root for, a program guy who works hard, who plays through pain and injury, a guy who goes to class and has been successful, who's helped out in the community. Guys like that that get a chance to make a little bit of money for their dedication and hard work and their commitment and a class act like that. So you get a guy like that to stick around next year, and now you have your starting center. And even though you probably need to Find a way to eventually develop a center. It'd be nice to know you have that in your back pocket as you figure out a way to get that done. Florida State's in a good position to do that, and that's because of the battles in. And because they've done a good job of identifying as a coaching staff which guys to bring in, which guys to keep, which guys to let go, all of those things. The organization top to bottom right now is in a very good place. But seizing opportunities are what we talk about with what's left of this season. Saturday is a big one. Saturday's a really big one. In many ways, you know, if this was an opponent, with the same resume that Miami has, but they weren't named Miami. Said so it was Pitt this week, whatever it is, right? In, in town with the same resume, all right? You wouldn't be talking th- this way. You talk about getting a win. I don't care if it's 20 to 10 or 30 to 17. I like an pr- impressive win, but just get your win and let's keep it moving. But in many ways, I'm, I'm hungrier for another ass kicking similar to the one we had a year ago, which was overwhelmingly joyful, 45-3 to in front of those few fans. And it's it's because you have chances to kick their face repeatedly while they're down. This is a vicious game. You've got to step on necks when you can. This is what it's always been about for the big three. Florida was doing it to us under Urban Meyer when we were on the wane. We've seen it happen with all of the big three teams when they're rolling and another one is not. Blood in the water, seize the opportunity, negative recruiting, slap them around, score the extra touchdown where you can, run it up. If you get a chance this weekend to run it up, run it up. As big a score as you could possibly put on the board, I would be seeking to do. So you wouldn't do what uh, Mike Norvell did before no. the end of the pit game? No, I'm calling no. timeout. We're scoring. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I well, may kick it onsides afterwards. 
I'm kicking your ass every which way to Sunday, and I'm doing it again and again and again. If I can, if I can. Now, listen, we, we don't know. Miami may be game. They've got a very good defense. They're going to show up. It's a rivalry game. You're going to have to give them a reason to lay down. You gave them that reason pretty early and often last year. You got to give it to them again this weekend and and because they're going to fight you, as they should. I mean, they got some pride. Yeah, it starts with our defense and, and forcing them to lay down. Because if you're a member of the Miami defense, you're thinking, how many stops do I have to get in a GD season mm-hmm. for us to win some football games? How many stops? Come on now, Van Dyke. Again? We're, well, we're on the field again. Look at you. All right, you're in the red zone. Good job. You throw a pick in that situation? My God. So we're going to have to hold him to what tonight? I'm sorry, 10? 13? 16 to win? And if you do that week after week yeah, after gets week. Old. gets old, yeah. And now there's a freshman quarterback in there if they don't want to go with Van Dyke, and let's say that they go with Emory Williams. Okay, well, now my expectations are limited. It's not the kid's fault. He's a true freshman. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm on the field again because we punted again and again and again. <laughs> and if I give up a couple of big plays because Keon Coleman's a stud – where Jaheim Bell's a stud or Jordan Travis makes it. It's a one-on-one situation. He makes our corner miss, and there he goes. Son of a. And it's 14 to nothing. Do I really, really feel like making another stop? Or am I starting to think about other things? And next thing you know, it's the third quarter, and it's 31 to 7. You know, Florida State. I mean, that's that's how you can do it. That's how you can get them to lay down is by demoralizing their defense by the fact that they've got to be on the field over and over and over again because we're stopping them. Yeah, and, and this is big for Florida State's defense because Parrish and Cheney and I think A.J. Allen's back, so I think you're looking at you know three guys now that they're going to try to run the football a lot with. They're and, good. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're all three really talented. I Actually, that's the t- part of the team that I will speak glowingly of. I, I, I like that group in the backfield. Um, I don't love their receivers the way some people do. Um, I, you know, Restrepo is what he is. Uh, he's a good player. I don't think he's a crazy difference maker, but he's a good player. And then from there, you're talking about various forms of decent, um, yeah. but no crazy good. Cohen's decent. He's large, yeah. but he drops the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it will be fascinating to see, uh, you know, if Miami's able to run the ball, they'll stay in the game. This is, that's bottom line. If they're able to run the ball, they'll stay in the game. They can set up some plays off of play action. They can make something happen. But if you stop the run here, it could be a long day. Long day in Doak. Think how loud that's going to be. Think of the energy Florida State's going to play with. The ability to get after the passer. And Miami's offensive line is giving up pressure. And that's Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Lots of pressure. Their, their defensive line is good. And their defensive front, I should say, because they pressure a ton. Yes, they do. Yes, like, they do. They are to the wall. Blank to the wall all the time. I admire that aspect of what they're trying to do. It, they, it doesn't always work, but they are going to pressure you. They don't care if you are a replacement-level quarterback or if you're Drake May. It's going to be pressure left and right, and we're going to give some stuff up. But you know what? This is who we are, and this is our only chance is to create havoc. Can they? Can I don't. Th- let's talk about this next. I don't think they can continue to play that way. They may be hell bent on playing that way, but they may also have to alter the way that they view who they are because of the offensive downfall over the course of this season. Mm. You can give up big plays when you think your offense is going to go score. Well, this version of Miami ain't going to score anywhere right now, and then you give up big plays on the road against this place. No, 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 no. That that would be interesting. I hope they do. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Day to you and yours. I wish we were all sitting together out on a beautiful deck, sipping a beverage of choice, enjoying the weather, thinking about the game, thinking about how fun it's going to be in the fourth quarter of the game on Saturday as the sun's going down, goes down early, so it'll be down really probably on the other side of halftime. And uh, cool weather starts to kick in just a little bit. Not, Not nearly as cool as I'd like it to be, but cool enough. Game secure. You're in a position to sit back and think about what are the other teams doing? What are they? Are they sputtering about? Is there an upset brewing? Is there something that deserves my attention? Is Hakeem healthy? Can we get him in there? It'd be really good to get him in there in this spot. Let's get him some experience in a rivalry game. Vandravius, you good? Let's get him out there. So it's funny, yesterday, Tom, you'd laugh at this. We talk about, you know, how I talk about with the sun going down early and how much I hate that. So I don't know if you saw this week, somebody last week, I guess, on the heels of that conversation when I was talking about living in the Northeast, how early the sun goes down, how depressing it is. And this guy added me and he was like, oh, it's BS what you're talking about. It doesn't get dark here until 630. I live in New York and you're nuts. That's not true. Well, I know it's not true. And that's why I didn't respond to it. But I laughed because um, that yesterday I was at home and I I picked up Bryce from basketball practice. And so I was getting kind of dinner organized and figuring out what I was going to do. And I had the the Weather Channel on the back because I was looking for like 
a hopefully a front coming in this weekend. I was just trying to find, do we have good news on the horizon? And they checked in with some chick in Albany, New York, and she's like, hey, I'm standing here, da-da-da-da, to talk about New York's weather. It was 5 p.m. in pitch black. Yeah. Just stop yeah. it. Just stop it, buddy. No, so in December, when the days are the shortest. You live there. Yeah, sunset, I, for a semester, I did. Um, sunset's around 4.30. But here's the thing. Sunset could be 5 or 5.15. It's cloudy 8 out of 10 days. <laughs> it's cloudy 8 out of 10 days up there, which does what? Makes it darker. Yeah. So you can get into sunsets if you want, but that even gets down to 4.30 p.m. in December. Yeah, it's a toughie. So, yeah. Hey, so I wonder, we wonder about our health right now. It'll be very interesting to see if Miami has the services of Daryl Porter Jr. Uh, he got hurt in the NC State game, and I went back and listened to Cristobal answer to that question, and he was like, well, we feel good. Was it charismatic, the answer? No. Just checking. But he, he kind of – all the other guys that got listed, including the other corner, uh, they felt good about – the way he said it about him, he was kind of like, hmm, I, I got a maybe on that one is what I got. I know he said yes, but I got a maybe. Well, he is their best cover corner it, by far. So if Holmes doesn't play, look out. Look out because that dude's good. Yeah, and this is another team that has not seen wide receivers the caliber of Florida State, assuming that we're healthy there. And, and that's where, yeah, the cat-mouse game is very interesting because if you watch the way that Miami brings pressures, and they do from all angles, they love the slot blitz, either the safety or the corner. They love doing that. It's fun in two different ways to, to play this chess match out. Number one, they pressure. You, don't, you shouldn't do that to Jordan, generally speaking. Please do. He knows where to go with the football. Now, if he holds it a while, that's, that's trouble. So that's where the blitz right. could work. But then the other thing is, you know it drives us nuts from time to time, but the old uh, clap dance around, walk around, walk up to every individual line, uh, offensive lineman, shake their hand, see how they're doing. How about, how'd you sleep last night? All right, <laughs> then you get back, and there's 10 seconds to go, and they clap, and you look at the sideline, and you get yeah, ready. And the whole play. thing. Okay, that actually, in this case, works, because Miami really enjoys waiting until the last second to show their hand, to tip their hand. It's delayed blitzes. They love those. Well, if Jordan is going to wait on you, and Miami wants to wait, that actually, again, plays to our advantage a little bit. It's more when you get into a quicker rhythm that those – Blitzes are disguised well, and we don't see them coming. So it'll be fascinating to see what Miami does. So if you're just looking at uh, plays, by the way, if you're trying to figure out pace of this game, we're the same team. I mean, they basically run the exact same number of plays a game, uh, which I I don't like. I wish we ran more plays, but I get it. I mean, that's what we are this year. Um, you know, when you, when you look at Florida State's full profile uh, – this is important for gambling. It's why I look at it typically. Uh, you know, just just for people who are wondering why you'd care all that much about plays. I think there's 66 plays a game, and we're 65, or vice versa. I mean, that's literally we're one play off per game, and where that would rank you, if memory serves, is in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, you'd be about 70th in pace. We don't play fast. We don't play fast. That's again the byproduct of an offensive line that's not great, in my opinion. Because yeah, with, we want to. Oh yeah, with these weapons, you would want to play uh, fast. That's all Mike tried to do in yeah. preseason camp. We saw him turn up the tempo, and it was impressive at times. And then he talks about it consistently. We've got to get the speed going. We got to get the speed up. It reminds me actually of yesteryear before Leonard Hamilton two. Oh, he used to tell us that he wanted to get out and run. Then we would ne then we'd never run, and we'd play half court, and the final scores would be fifty two to fifty. And then later on, one day we started to run. Yeah, and it was fun. And we became one of the more electrifying teams to watch, but he had to get the horses first. You can't have an element of what you're trying to do 
be the hitch in your giddy-up. And the offensive line is the hitch in our giddy-up, so they can't do it. Now, North Carolina broke it out against Miami a little oh, bit, yes, the tempo, and it worked. It so did work. We may go to a curveball every once in a every while. Every once in a while. We yeah. still do that now. Yeah. Well, you got to win on first down. got to win on first down, buddy. <laughs> got to win on first down. There's no doubt. Uh, so, yeah, just the pace of the game. Teams run a very similar tempo. Uh, Miami is, no matter how you cut it, the number one way Miami stays in this game is with their defense. If you're Miami, you want to do two things here. You got to be stout on defense. They have largely been this year. There are exceptions. The North Carolina game second half comes to mind. And you've got to be able to run the ball. And if they're able to run the ball, they can shorten the game, protect their young quarterback if he plays, protect Tyler Van Dyke if he plays because he's just been ass. You don't want him to have to be the guy. So you want to – I feel like a broken record. I've talked about Pitt playing this way. I've talked about Wake Forest playing this way. I've talked about most of the teams we've faced lately wanting to play a game where they run fewer plays, not more plays. They want to run the ball, keep Florida State's offense off the field, and they have to try to, you know, they have to try to play good defense, obviously, to just get them to the fourth quarter. And I don't see how this game's any different for Miami. You're going to run, run, and run some more if you can. Florida State's been a mixed bag against the run. They've had good days and bad days against the traditional run. They've done pretty well, but they haven't always dominated up front uh, in the run game. So if Miami gets behind the chains, they're going to be in trouble. They give up a ton of pressures. Uh, their line, in terms of those pressures, is ranked in the hundreds. Yeah, they're uh, infamous now for three-man pressures allowed as well, Which too. is crazy. Well, hell, we'll give up three-man pressures, too. It pisses me off. But that that's but we pass pro in, in non-three-man rush <laughs> right, situations. Right, which makes zero sense. They don't in either situation. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't. They really struggle uh, to protect their quarterback. And, you know, win first down in the run game here and get them behind the chains, and you could amass a lot of sacks. You can create turnovers, or at least turnover-worthy plays are created. Um, and, and then you just got to make them. Then you just got to make them. And, you know, that's the quickest way. This team, you feel like Miami's a team, uh, if you equate it to a boxing match, you feel like Miami's a team that has a punch, okay? They got a puncher's chance. Um, It's like when two heavyweights fight. One heavyweight may be better than the other heavyweight. It may be decidedly so. But any heavyweight's capable of knocking you out. I mean, he's got a punch. He's a 230-pound man. He can hit you. You're going to get knocked out if you're not careful. So they have a puncher's chance. but. Miami feels like a team that's kind of against the ropes and they're hoping to land a shot that backs you off and turns this into more of a fair fight. But if they don't and this thing gets rolling and their hands come up and now all of a sudden you're letting it fly, this thing could get ugly. If the race is to, say, 24, you know, you feel like Florida State's in a really good position to win that race. Yeah. And then I would say, we do this with every game, if there's a team that's going to get blown out in this game, it's Miami. I think Miami would tell you that. I think Miami fans, if they were objective, would say, well, okay, if there's a blowout, who's doing the blowing out? Yeah. Well, Miami ain't blowing Florida State out. Florida State could certainly blow Miami out. Agreed. The one thing I would say, if you're looking for a puncher's chance and how you land the punch, uh, let's kick everything out of the back of the end zone. They've got a really good kick return mm-hmm. for Charlotte. And they got a really good kicker, period. Yeah. If this becomes oh, well. a special teams, yeah, their kicker's that insane. That good from 65. I'm tired of watching it. 
Yeah. This freaking dude has one of the best legs I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet against Virginia. He missed. No, oh, well, no, my Mario wanted well, to take a knee with 25 seconds to go in two timeouts. You're on the 20-yard line. Dude, pick up two first downs. Let him try 65. I swear. It's not a bad decision. That dude has got a thunderous leg. It's absolutely out of control. Let's hope this doesn't come down to a kick. But the kick return as well. Mm-hmm. Let's not get cute, try to pin them back inside their 25. Their offense sucks. Let them start at the 25. Give them the ball at the 25. I don't care you give them the ball at the 25 because that kid's more dangerous. Smith. Yeah. He's a hell of a kick when return. When you watch high school football, I've now had to get re-familiarized with this. Uh, most high school teams struggle mightily to cover kickoffs. They really struggle to cover kickoffs to the point where you're like, just kick it out of bounds. I don't even care. Give like, it to him in the 35. Get, yes. I, I swear to God, I've watched more kids not be able to cover a kickoff than I've ever wanted. And it's for everybody and all over the district. It's unbelievable. Every time a team kicked to Leon, I was like, oh, good. There's a chance he takes it to the hizzy. And if we kicked to somebody and they caught it in the field of play, I was like, hold your breath. <laughs> this kid could be going to the house. So for whatever reason – Modern high school kids can't cover a kick to save their life. It drives me nuts to the point where everybody just squibs everything down to about the 35 and hopes to make a tackle. In this game, we can be the high school coach yeah, equivalent. Yeah. Don't kick it to that dude. Yeah, squibs are good. Out of bounds is well, not I don't ideal, want out of bounds, but, but yeah, 35 yards. I don't right. want the 35, but right. especially with a good field goal kicker. Don't give it to him at the 35. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Two 10 more yards. He's yeah. kicking a field goal. I don't need all that. <laughs> From 68. Yeah, like, son oh. of a... Yeah, no, but yeah. Just kick it out of the back of the end zone. Be done with it. Yeah. I don't need any of this. None of this. Well, we could get him at the 12. Nope. No. 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 Nope. Nope. Don't want to do it. Wouldn't the hell with you in the yeah. 12. Kick it out of the back. Be done with it. The 25 is the 12 with them. Make them earn it. Make them drive the field. That's the other thing, too. When they run the ball, and they're going to hit some runs. They, they got good players. But uh, at uh, running back. Allow it, allow it to be 12 and not 30. You know, if you got a chance, even if they <laughs> do break it. Well, I'm, yeah, what I'm saying yeah. is. First and 10 from the 25. Oh, that's really well blocked up. We didn't see that coming. Now, Akeem Dent, one-on-one, or Shaheem, let's get that kid on the ground. First and 10 from the 37. I still bet they're not going to go down the field and score a touchdown here. But if you give them 30 because you can't bring a guy down and in a one-on-one you miss a tackle, now this is how a bad offense is gifted an opportunity to put points on the board. Just the missed tackles thing. We've had a little problem with that too. Sometimes we get in moments where you go, good Christmas. Was that four on the same play? Yeah. Let's not do that this weekend. I'm curious. I, You know, it's funny. When I watch them run the ball, I know we got to get a break. I got a question for you. I just pulled this up because I wanted to see how wrong I was. I knew I was wrong. But don't I like Fletcher, man, and I don't think they love Fletcher. Fletcher is 22. Mark Fletcher is is the kid's name. I don't know his number. He's a good player. Um. I mean, he only has he has 55 carries on the year, and he's averaging close to five yards rush, but he's not as efficient like Henry Paris Jr., Donald Cheney, those guys. But I, I like that kid. I, I when I watch him play, I'm thinking, hmm, he's kind of a player. Yeah, that's 22. Oh no, yeah, he's a really good player. But his efficiency rating's not good, buddy. Because he's a freshman. Yeah, yeah. That, but I, I think he's gonna be a good player. He's fearless. Yeah, he's he is. fearless. I, when I watch him, I think that's that's your guy. Yeah. That's your guy. You got the wrong guy. That's your guy. No, I agree. Now, now Parrish is, is Henry Parrish is a good player. He's, Do you he's, like him more than Cheney? Yes. Like, me too. I like I like Parrish more than Cheney, but Fletcher is the one that that projects very nicely down down the way. Mm-hmm. But the, all of them do a pretty good job of getting downhill, putting their foot in the ground, and going. 
And that's the thing where if you make a wrong decision, if you guess in the wrong gap, be smart about it. You really got to be trouble. smart about it. You really do. Um, it's just interesting to have this conversation because somewhere in that Miami team is a better offensive unit, but they're trending terribly. And again, they're on the heels of a six point performance. Now I will grant you, I think that NC state defense is very good always, but six points is ridiculous. And that was the byproduct of a quarterback falling to pieces. Yeah. um, In fact, Dominic Robinson's breakdown this week looks at Miami at the offensive side. What's wrong with them? What's their identity? What do they want to be? And well, they my, want to run the ball. My, of course, yeah, yeah. With, with that coach. Yeah. But, like, formationally, well, how do they do it and, and what kinds of runs? But Van Dyke, I mean, obviously the pick in the end zone is ridiculous. It's a touchdown. He finds a way to throw an interception on that play. But if you look at some of the key moments in that game, there's another 21, 24 points out there for a quarterback who's decent. Yeah, so like, is Emory Williams capable in that situation of hitting those coming plays? Coming here as a freshman right, and a second start. Can he handle it and make yeah. those plays? Because um, if he can, they could be in the game. You know, this is a week when anytime Florida State's been heavily favored in this rivalry, anytime Florida State's been heavy, heavy favorites to beat Miami, for whatever reason, I get more nervous because there's only one way to go. Like, if you win, people are like, ah, you're supposed to beat Miami's ass. Yeah. And if you lose, it's embarrassing and it un- uh, obviously unravels the season. Um, and also, you know, it breeds desperation from the team that's the huge dog. I mean, I, I've thought before going down there. I went down there not all that long ago uh, to watch us be huge underdogs and get out to a big lead. This is under Willie. And then we choked it away, of course. Uh, Jesus Christ. Still, I'm still angry about that. I'm sitting in the stands for when that happened. Well, that's something DeAndre Third Francois down. was. Yeah. God, still mad about it. I'm telling everybody before the play, like, don't you dare drop him back. And then it happens. Yeah. And as soon as it happens, I it, wanted to puke. Is it the same play or the one before where you have it's like a tight end wide, hitch or something? Wide open? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, the uh, the double pass was legal. It, it doesn't it matter. Was we week, choked the whole thing away. That game was won. The moment that I, you have the double pass I, for the I, touchdown, uh, it's over. I know, but I'm still so mad. After the kick return for a touchdown, you've got the game won. The punt return. What, yeah. You've got the game won. It's over. They've got nothing. Anyhow, we really. Yeah, it needed to happen you, for us you, to be where we are today. If you think about it, we shouldn't have even been in the game. My point is I went down there with zero expectations. There's yeah. a freedom that goes with that. And I feel like that's true of even players. Like, if you're Mario, you can play the card. Like, F this team, this program, our arch rivals, let's ruin their dreams. And by the way, it vaults us back into the world of recruiting and everything else. Like that's, you can just throw the kitchen sink at Florida State. But can you throw the kitchen sink at Florida State if you play a broken Tyler Van Dyke? And can you throw the kitchen sink at Florida State if you're playing a freshman in Emory Williams? I just, they may not be equipped to do the thing. Well, and, and how many, you know, tools, how many things from the kitchen sink? are necessary to score the amount of points necessary to beat Florida State. Like, anybody can cute their way with a couple of tricks that have never been on film. Yeah. Uh, maybe 13 points, max 17. Like, you know, if you've got nothing when except it happens, gadgets. Though, when it happens, though, matters. Like, if you get out to a good early, start, yeah, yeah, you get out to yeah. a good start, you, you can kind of sustain some of that energy, put game pressure on the team with something to lose. I just think, while Miami does have an impressive defense, and this is going to uh, be a tough yeah. test, if they want to be who they are and play us by the code of what they are, which is pressure, 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 
a lot of it is, you know, pre-snap, they'll load up the line of scrimmage, who is, who's blitzing, who's staying at home. If they want to do that, be my guest. That is a good way to have 24, 28 points dropped on you in a half because you're going to leave one-on-ones and you're going to allow Jordan to understand where the ball needs to go before the snap is made. So it just, you're, you're, there's a lot of pressure all the way around here. Even though we've got the pressure of, of more to lose, more to lose, yeah. There's a lot of pressure on them to execute too if they're going to be what they are well, against they a guy like be, Jordan. You know, they have to be nearly perfect. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, or Chad TV. I wanted to get to this. Ja'Kai Douglas uh, picked a great week uh, to to win um, kind of player of the week, if you will. And I would point out that in addition to that, and I know it's in here, there it is. I want to give the kid credit. We all were happy for Ja'Kai Douglas, Tom, and, and because that's a program kid. That's a kid who's worked really hard and a guy that, isn't ever really going to be your go-to guy. But in a moment where they needed him to be very dependable, very reliable, on the road, he stepped up and made big plays, and he'll always have that now. He'll always have that game. He'll always have that memory as being a guy that the team turned to, and he was able to answer the call. Uh, But what we didn't know at the time was the stuff off the field about Ja'Kai, and I wanted to bring it to everybody's attention because – I got an email from a guy named Johnny Ray who pointed to me pointed out to me that he was um the Sports Ability Alliance volunteer of the week as well same week before this game. And that is an adaptive and inclusive sports program in Tallahassee including Miracle League Sports. And Miracle League is an inclusive recreational sports program that offers children as well as adults with a variety of disabilities to participate in sports. Uh, those sports include kickball, baseball, tennis. And uh, he was the volunteer of the week heading into that game. And um, pretty cool to see him out there working with folks um, with disabilities and giving them opportunities that they don't always get. And uh, congratulations to Jakai. Uh, I, I've done some work with these kinds of groups before, um, and uh, I remember years and years and years ago uh, getting an opportunity to play wheelchair basketball. I was out of shape, Tom. I got housed. I had no chance. You're not used to using your arms so much, man. I was exhausted. It was like a fat guy trying to run for five minutes. I was in deep trouble right from the get-go. Dead sprint. I was like, man, this, 400 is, pounds, dead this sprint. is getting tired, everybody. Um, so 
it was it was neat. And uh, anyhow, the the Sportsability Alliance Volunteer of the Week Miracle Sports Kickball Tournament is what Jakai played in and had a lot of fun with. And you, I've got pictures of all this. Like, he sent them to me, and uh, happy happy to see Jakai. And I just wanted to you get you got a lot of good guys on this team. We've said before this team is easy to root for. It's things like this that we're aware of that don't always come to people's attention. That I wanted to, in this case, it wasn't. I didn't know it either until I got sent that email, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Johnny, for sending me that email, and I was glad I was able to pass it along because that's really cool. He's not done making an impact this season on the field for Florida State either. I'm I'm sure of that. I mean, they're they're banged up. I know Mike Norvell said today he takes umbrage with the idea that a receiver is a slot guy or an outside guy. He wants to put them in all positions. That was a question today that he took, and I think that's a nice little recruiting redirect mm-hmm. for Mike Norvell. It, it says, is. I'm never going to keyhole you if you're coming right. here to Tallahassee. Right, right, right. But let's be honest. you know We could really use a shifty guy over the middle of the field. We missed that for the first little while this season. Maybe Jordan was turning it down even though it was wide open for a player like Destin uh, Hill. Th- that's true. I think all things are combined to equal the, the truth of what happened. But he's 100%. I don't know that Destin is uh, even with one more week from the pit game because he certainly wasn't this past. I don't. Weekend. I don't think he'll be uh, full speed until Florida. So at, that's at, a guess. Yeah, based on just watching him run. Well, you, if he's not full speed, you don't want to play him at, at North Alabama against North Alabama. There's no point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So Jakai could have another week this week that is very important for Florida State. Now he was vital on the key drive, the fourth and fourteen drive. He got it started two years ago in this very football game. He, he did. Let's hope he's not really counted on this week. He can make some plays. If he is being the guy, it means once again you have no Johnny Wilson. Once again you have no Keon Coleman. I know that's not what you're saying. No, yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't have to be the guy. But what I'm saying is he could have a very important role this weekend because again, he if could. Miami wants to bring a lot of pressure around the line of scrimmage, that means that you're going to have opportunities. Quick game. Get the ball out of your hands. Allow Johnny to go make a block for Ja'Kai Douglas and see what happens. Make one man miss. Well, that's a different kind of play, isn't it, if Johnny Wilson is out on the perimeter blocking in the quick game, in the bubble. Yeah, that's a different sort of uh, play there with Ja'Kai's quickness and then a real sizable individual committed to blocking. That changes things. It's also worth noting, too, that while he initially came back, when he initially came back, Ja'Kai had trouble catching anything. But last week and even the week before that, in traffic... Situations where he knew he was going to get lit up, the guy came away with a catch. So I think the trust factor is going up on third and six over the middle. It's now not an issue where Jordan says, I don't know if I can trust this guy. He'll throw it to zero. He trusts Jakai. So I, he's always trusted him implicitly. It's crazy how much he trusts him. You, I probably agree with you on that. But all in all, with the receivers the way they are right now, how healthy they are, and who fits where. I think Ja'Kai's not done yet making an impact on the field. I don't think it's just going to be the pit game and he goes away. Hope so. And I like the kid. Uh, he's worked really hard, and he deserves a lot of credit because that's a guy that kind of went in through the midway point of the year as an afterthought, and he's kind of become now a guy that is contributing big time and at the very least just did in a huge way against Pitt. Yeah, preseason camp, you know, assuming that Winston Wright was going to be healthy, you think he's a candidate, Destin Hill, the hype around him from the summer workouts, Vandravius Jacobs from spring because he was dominant there. Ja'Kai's fourth in the list as slot at slot receiver. Yeah. Which means that in the receiver core, you're eighth on the list, ninth on the list. This is where you need guys who are program guys, who are bought in, who care deeply, who put in the time, who work hard without the promise of ever getting in a game or playing a vital role in said game, because you never know. You never know. You have a, a, a spate of injury the way that Florida State has had. 
Now, I'm about damn tired of talking about four and five and six receivers being out due to injury. It's virtually unheard of, but it was the situation we found ourselves in. And now you're turning to Williamson and Ja'Kai and some people that you'd rather not turn to in these situations. And I'm not trying to, you know, besmirch them. I'm just saying those aren't your top-tier dudes. I think that's a question for Norvell for the offseason. Off what or, the hell happened? Yeah, maybe it could just be, you know, the the gap between the conference championship and the bowl. You know, if they're all healthy and everybody's smiling and yucking it up. Or the playoff, I should say. And you could say, so remember that week when you had five guys that were unavailable? And he goes, yeah. How did that happen? How? How? Mike? Well, I, I will tell you a couple things. Is it the worst Tuesday practice in history? No, this is, <laughs> we've had a lot of these kinds of questions, and I've got to always tiptoe around these answers. But you've had some guys dealing with some things who were able to play. This wasn't all just like, oh, we got hurt on Wednesday. This, A lot of these guys were dealing, you know this, but yeah. a lot of these guys were dealing with just things that hinder you throughout a football season, and it happened to culminate in a situation where you're like, hmm, let's take a calculated risk here and get these guys some more rests. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.